Welcome to the 44th episode of the Invincibly Supermassive Comic Book Podcast of Stuff. I'm Tony Guerrero, and with me is Dustin Nguyen. How you doing? Okay. I'm good, man. I'm good. That's a very long title for a podcast. Yeah, you're, you're like, I think you're the first one that, that commented on, on a title. But, really? But yeah, um, the other ones were taken, so I had to go with this. <laughs> so, so you uh, just made it longer. Yeah. That's all you did. Yeah, and put in a bunch of like uh, comic book adjectives and and stuff. I like it. So, uh, first question: Are you going to be in a sequel to Twenty One Jump Street? Ah, uh, that's my Twenty One Jump Street f- question for the week, I guess. So no, uh, uh, I, I tell my wife, you know, when we comes out, I was like, I know Dustin Wynn. She's like, do it. no, you don't. I was like, I do. Dude, if I don't get that joke or that question at least once a week, something's wrong. Do you like Twenty One Jump Street, or are you are you just so angry because you you get that all the time? Uh, no, I I like Dustin Wynn. He's a nice guy. So you know, it's like I can't say anything. Did you watch? But the, I, I remember watching it. Yeah, I remember watching it when I was little. I'm old, man. Did you watch the 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 movie, the the, re, the whatever? With no, I haven't. Man, I haven't seen any movie. Man, the last movie I was like the Crude or something. You gotta watch it. It's hilarious. I will. Is it on Netflix? Uh, I don't know if it's on Netflix. It will be soon. Then maybe I will check it out there. Yeah, because I, I I I liked it so much. I bought the Blu-ray. Oh, that's cool. I I, I think I've seen it. Either three or four times. I think I'm the only person that still buys DVDs instead of Blu-rays because I watch things on my laptop and my laptop is so old it doesn't have a Blu-ray player. So. My my well my laptop I got a, a MacBook Air you know thanks to CBS but it's like there's no no disk drive. Oh man, you're bragging. That's cool. No, it sucks because I I, I, <laughs> I can't put any discs in there. I can't even put a DVD in there. <sighs> See, it's it's, it's it's crazy. Speaking of crazy, uh, um, so. Arrow, we're we're just this this is how the podcast work. We're like all over the place. Um, Arrow, do you you know that that TV show Arrow? Yeah, TV yeah. Show? Well, the the first season came out on Blu-ray. The Blu-ray set includes a DVD set because yeah. usually it's like you either buy the DVD set or you buy the Blu-ray set. This one, no, like some some of the cartoons include like uh, you know some of the animations and stuff or movies you buy nowadays. It includes. The Blu-ray, the DVD, and the uh, digital copy. Yeah, but that's like that's if it's one or cool. two discs. This is like like four discs, and you know yeah. usually the, the 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 TV seasons are like you know forty fifty bucks or whatever. Plastic causes them nothing, man. Yeah, so. it's like like a, a, a thousandth thousandth of a penny or something like that per disc. Or yeah, man. I just thought it as like kind of cool. you know what what pe- I shouldn't say that. like what people can do. You know if if they they don't watch dvds but their friend watches dvds you know, oh yeah like if they had a cousin that has a blu-ray and then you have a dvd player you buy and you split it yeah, yeah. dude that's yeah i do that no you don't You're still buying it yeah i guess but see that that's the thing like you know marvel does the under 399 comics they have the digital code so you can download a digital version for free so yeah. it's like you have to print a copy and if you want to read on your ipad or whatever online you can do that too but what a lot of people do, this kind of bothers me. Um, they'll, they'll exchange codes. 
So like like let's let's say you got two people. They 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 both want to read twenty books. Yeah. And then they'll say, "I'll buy these ten uh, physical copies. You buy yeah. those ten, and then we'll just swap the quotes for the the ones that we didn't buy." Yeah, I mean, you know, they bought it. <laughs> Do what they want, man. But 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 that, at the same time, at the same time, it's like kind of like if they both bought comics and just let each other borrow it i guess you know I what guess. i like about the code is like you can actually read it and the other one like for collectors you can bag them put them away and never touch it you know yeah um and then you have your copy and just read i i don't know man but but then the, the question with the marvel you, there's like a little thing you got to peel up to get the code so then the, does that make that comic not mint because you you flipped up the little sticker thing where the, the code is hidden I... See, I don't know. You're, you're asking the like guy that. that just rolls up his comics and sticks it in his socks, dude. I don't really <laughs> know anything about that, man. Stick them in your socks. Yeah, dude. What if you're not wearing pockets? Pants without pockets, you know? I have pants without pockets, just so you know. That's, that's kind of weird. It what is was, weird. Was, I just made it up. Would you put your like your phone in your, your sock, too? <laughs> that's gangster. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Let's, let's talk Batman Little Gotham's. Let's talk. Yes. So issue nineteen is out. Um. No. No. It's out. Oh yeah. 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 yeah by the time out. people are listening to this, don't don't yes, don't reveal out. the secret. Uh, right. So uh, this is this is kind of a personal, not really personal, but it, it's you wrote this, you dedicated this, your love of poison ivy. Um. Or your your, your fondness, your likeness. I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't dedicate it to you know a non-existing kind of like you know fictional character, but. Right. Yeah, I really liked it. Um, Derek and I talked about it a while back, like when we we're like uh, coming out with the, you know, we do like uh, we break down what we're going to do for the whole year. And, uh, you know, we're like, hey, you take this one, you take that one. And, you know, uh, and I was like, Derek, can can I do this one? You know, it's like <laughs> so it was like, yeah, this one kind of like had it ringing in my head for a while. And um, I actually did a piece for it like back in 2000, uh, like 2009 or eight or something. And, you know, I I had this kind of story of, you know, just a Poison Ivy story, Poison Ivy for all seasons. And, uh, yeah, so it, it was good. It was uh, it was a lot of fun. I mean, it's it's one of those where it's like, you know, I had to do it, kind of get it out of my head, so get it out of my system. So. Well, I'm sure it's going to be good. Uh, Maybe. We'll see. It, it, actually, it'll probably be great. Maybe. <laughs> so are, are you guys doing another Halloween um yeah we are um the one we're we're doing actually uh a halloween and then uh we're doing like another one that's kind of like a horror ish story so you're gonna get two kind of like um two kind of like uh scary stories it's not really scary you know being we're you know all ages we're not cutting heads off or anything maybe we are but yeah we are we are celebrating um halloween story even though the story for halloween won't be taking place on Halloween day. Um, we didn't want to be redundant having the whole trick or treat thing again. Yeah. So. Yeah. Cause I, like, like before we, we t- I was like trying to think, cause I mean, I, I, I thought about asking you like, what was your favorite issue, but you probably can't answer that. Right. Yeah. That's, you know, that's like one of those things where it's like, I don't even remember. Or oh, I, I thought you were going to say, so it's <laughs> like, like choose your favorite kid. No, I can choose my favorite kid. Dude. I'll tell you right now. <laughs> <laughs> So I mean I was I was looking back and trying to see you know which which ones you know did I like and and going back to the the, the first Halloween and and you know maybe because it was like the first one that yeah you know, there's there's something you know really fun about it um, 
I have to say, I, I do kind of like that issue 15. Which one is that? That's uh, the one where they go to the Gotham Comic Con. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that issue a lot, dude. That, that might be one of your best ones, I think. Um, That's one of my... I, I like that a lot, but that one was one of the ones where I felt like I couldn't pour as much into it as I could. Um, mostly, I mean, there was obviously the time restraint, and there was so much we wanted to do. But at the same time, like, um, you know, like a Comic-Con, any, any publisher, any book will tell you, if there's a Comic-Con issue, they're going to run into, it's, it's like a legal nightmare, dude. Like, if we even draw one Stormtrooper in there oh, yeah. or anything like that, you know. So, and on the timeline we're on, I'm like, you know, it's going to be a headache if I even try to, like, slip anything in there. So, you know, it's it's like the book, I send it in, it goes live probably like a few days later. So, you know, I just wanted to avoid everything. So I made up, like, all these generic kind of, like, monsters. Some of them are fun, you know, some we did. And then the few I could throw in were kind of, like, existing DC characters just so, you know. You don't want to throw any Marvel characters or anything like that. So it it is like a issue where you have to kind of practice restraint, you know. And um, I think the story was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it's one of those times where where you think like, okay, if all else fails, if you have a you know a good story, um, it, you know it'll be okay. And uh, so I think that was one of those times where I was like, oh man, I hope the story at least good, you know. There's one character that that kind of looks like. A certain like, Marvel character. Uh which one? He's he's wearing red and black and has a sword. That sounds like every Marvel character. Kind of looks like like Deadpool. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess you know Deadpool or Wolverine or Space Ghost or yeah, you know it could be anything. I mean, if you if you put together like like it's gotten to the point in superhero comics where unless you're doing something completely out there, if you're still going with a mask and a cape. Or a mask and straps around the body. They kind of look like any hero that came up in the 80s or 90s between DC and Marvel, you know? Well, I, I think even the harder thing is, is like, you know, if, like, let's say you, you did want to create a new superhero or new character, it's like just, just trying to come up with the powers. Yeah. You, know, you, yeah, dude. you have like a, you know, a finite number of, of superpowers, and, you know, yeah. you can try <laughs> to use different combinations, but, you know, chances are someone probably has this power, this power, and this power. Yeah, it's it's true, man. I mean, you know, um, I I can't, you know, not to say that we've exhausted everything. There's still a lot of people doing really creative stuff, but yeah. it's gotten to the point where, you know, um, unless you have, you know, like an excellent new idea for it, it's it's almost like, you know, it's you've seen it somewhere before. Um, it's kind of like coming up with a new shape for a new smartphone, you know? Yeah. It's very difficult without looking like, you know, what's out there. So, but, it, it, so yeah, it goes back to, it goes back to if, you know, having a good story and good message and stuff. So now in this issue, uh, it looks like you put in Sean Murphy. Uh, yeah, I'm constantly sneaking in Sean or Kennedy, you know, just, you know, guys, like kind of like not, not only guys that I admire, but like kind of like my peers, I kind of know them, you know, so they won't be mad. <laughs> yeah. You know, you don't want to draw on someone that doesn't, I, you know, you don't really know. They're like, "Hey, man, why'd you draw me in there?" It could go the wrong way, you know. So now, now do you you get people who are like, like, "Hey, can you draw me in there?" And you're just like, "I mean, I, I get I bet like a lot of people." Yeah, get that. It, it it's tough, you know. Like, um, like I remember when I was doing Superman, Batman, the arc, and like you know, a lot of people were like, "Hey, can you draw me in there?" And you know, I mean, like, 
if I draw someone in there, it's because I, I, I want to or I like to, you know? Kind of like a request becomes kind of weird, you know, because you, you feel kind of like like you're forced to do it. Yeah. Like the only people that should force you to do things is like, you know, maybe your editor mm-hmm. and stuff. And uh, and at the same time, it's like there's no space for it really sometimes. Like with Superman, Batman, I was like, well, the whole issue, you know, most of it takes place in Apocalypse. I can't really sneak in a guy walking across the street. You mm-hmm. know? Um, so stuff like that. But yeah. But like, you know, I, I, you know, I draw people I like there, so. Yeah, because like, uh, so when when uh, Francis Manipal and, and Brian Butchala put me in the Flash, I I kind of joked because when when Francis was was first on the Flash with with Jeff Johns, yeah, I, I joked. I was just like, oh, you should put me in there, and and he's like, like, oh, I gotta, I think he's like, I gotta put Sterling Gates in first or uh, something like that. I see what you're doing. You're trying to you're trying to get me to say that I like you. That's why. I no, drew no, you no. In. I was just just I saying. I see what you're doing. It's no, okay, man. No, I I'm I'm tr- I'm trying to make it because I I jokingly asked him, and then when it was announced that they were going to be doing it in New Fifty Two, then I was like, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, now you can put me in, and and then I you know totally joking, and then they put me in, and then they ended up killing me, you know, a couple issues. Yeah. I- but See, but I I just want to say like you too, but we're an all ages book so yeah <laughs> so you can't do that but I I just wanted you know I didn't like hound you or ask you or or anything no, like just that. dude you never asked me but the thing is I can't we we did an artist alley scene in there and every artist alley is uh you know there's there's you there and it's probably you know it's always memorable because you come by and you ask me to draw sketches that I don't want to I so. stopped doing that though <laughs> you stopped doing it you stopped doing it because I asked you to stop doing it yeah I, I asked other people. Yes, like yes. like like Peter, Peter Nguyen. Peter loves you, man. So he, he likes he likes he his thing is he always wants to be the the, the first one in, during a challenge. Yeah, he's uh he's nuts like that, man. Because like did I did I tell you at San Diego? It's like it was a preview night, and he didn't even have his like he didn't I don't even think he had a pencil. He had, just had like a sharpie. That's his tool of you know. And he's he's like oh I got to do it oh but I I'm mean, I'm not ready. He's like but if I don't do it now. Then you know I won't be the first one. And see, man, see his ego. He always has to be the first one. He ended up borrowing a pencil from the the guy sitting next to him. <laughs> and then you, so I don't even ask you more. I go, I go up to you to say hi, and you're like, "I'm not gonna do it." I'm like, <laughs> "Like, I'm just saying hello." And because, man, I think is I, I like doing it. I just have a hard time drawing at cons. Why do you think I only do like head sketches and stuff? I, it, I, I, I have a hard time drawing like you know, at cons. Yeah. And see, I'm I'm trying to help you get over that by practicing. By, I know by man. forcing you to do it. Ah, oh, I gotta face it head on, I guess. Yeah. So maybe maybe at, maybe we did at Rose City. Maybe maybe since, since that was last weekend. Sorry. That was last week, which is tomorrow for me. But and me, yeah. <laughs> yes. So um, what 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 did you do at Rose City? <laughs> or what will you be doing? <laughs> are, I mean, are, are you are you just like having a a, a table? Um, Any panels? Or I have just... a table, and we are doing. I think I'm doing a panel with a few other artists, and uh, I think maybe there's another spotlight panel. I'm not sure, but you know, they. Um, I think I'm lined up for two panels. I'll find out when I get there, right. um, or it's already passed by the time this comes up. But yeah, and and the thing is, I have no idea what's going on there. It's like I haven't even. Me I've never, I've never been to the show. I think it's new, but um, Jim DeMonaco's from Seattle. He asked me to go, and you know, when, oh, yeah, when Jim asks you, you know, you don't say no. So yeah, because you did the um, for Emerald City, you did that that cool picture. 
the Batman the, and yeah, yeah, the little Batman stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was very happy. Yeah. Um, yes, you know, like I was able to because I love that show, Emerald City. It's it's probably my favorite show. So it's like you know, if this is the, if Rose City is their uh, partner, that's cool. Yeah, a lot of people are. I I, I when I went because this is um, my first year at Emerald City, and a lot of people are saying that they they kind of like it more than WonderCon. It's it's like becoming um, the new WonderCon. I've never been to a WonderCon in San Francisco, so I I don't know. I've been to one in Anaheim. It's cool, you know. It's like I I just wonder if it's gonna stay at Anaheim. Yeah, I. Uh, there's so many shows nowadays, man. Remember when there was only two? Yeah, you know how many shows I'll have done this year? Uh let me guess. Seventeen. No. All right, that's good. I'll, I'll have done ten. Ah, seventeen which, was better, man. Which, which is a lot for me because I think last year I only did like six. So I mean, yeah, it's only four more, but. It's one every month now. Just about, yeah. I mean, there is, uh, actually, beginning of the year, I got this, like, it was like a six-page list of, like, all these conventions. Like, and, and you know, there, there's some, like, one-day ones or, you know, just ones you never hear of or, you know. Yeah, yeah. So oh, it, definitely. It, it's crazy. But, like, I went to Toy Fair in, in February. And, actually, I, I, um, I went That's to. That's actually a good show I would want to go to, man. Uh, I would love to go to Toy Fair. It's, it was, it was like, Sunday through Wednesday. But it's like you don't need that many days to. I, I one one show I really want to go to is not comic is a botcon. I've been there once. It's so small, but you know, I mean, oh god, dude, so many transformers. So. Uh, yeah. I went. I went to PAX um, at the end of August, which was at the the Seattle Convention Center. Yeah. So it was weird because. It, it, it felt like it was. It, <laughs> you felt like you're at Emerald City. Well, I mean, that that thing is, it's like I was there, but it was dark. Like all the lights were off because you know you got to be able to see the screens when you're you know playing the games or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's like it's like going to someone's basement, and, and it's just like video games, and it's just it was just like so weird. It's like wait, so it's, a, it's a game convention then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was oh. it was all all video games, and because I, I remember I was like, it's like this is a part where like this is an area where like Brian and, and Kyle were sitting. But it's like there's like all these weird games here and like, you know, because there's like a lot of like indie people go there, too. You know, it's not yeah. just like, you know, Xbox and PlayStation, and Nintendo. And yeah, yeah. So so it's just weird being there. But yeah, so it, it's it's good. Um, and then you're going to be at uh, you're going to New York. Yeah, New York. Um, and, and then Long, that's it. Aren't you you're doing Long Beach, aren't you? Oh, yes. Yes. Long Beach. I was thinking about travel wise. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, okay. Long Beach is like in my backyard. So yeah. yeah. So so I'll be bugging you at. Or I, I did bug you at Rose City. I'll be bugging you at. I'll be <laughs> I'll be bugging you at New York. You're not bugging me, man. Come and on. I'll be bugging you at Long Beach. Yes, yes. And that's go- it for the year for you, right? Yeah, that's gonna be the last because that's like the, uh, November like 22nd or something like that. So I think that'll that'll do it. Cool, man. Yeah, wrap up the year, and then the holiday season comes and. Yeah, you know, I don't want to do anything. Yeah, because I, I didn't do anything in in January, um, and then May and June I didn't go to any shows. But it's like every other month. It's, just, it's 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 fun, but it's it's crazy. That's your job, man. Yeah, but it's it's like my my daughter's like, oh, you're leaving again. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it gets tough leaving with kids, man. She really wants to go. She's like dying to go to a convention, but you know you can't take <laughs> yeah. her. I, I'm not taking her to San Diego because right, right. It's like you know insane. Yeah, same with my son, dude. He keeps wanting to go, you know. I'm like, oh, I'll take you to one one day, but not San Diego. Like, if you go to San Diego, you got to come with, like, someone that can watch you. Yeah. Because, you know, it's a madhouse there. Yeah, that, that's what I like about Long Beach, because it's, it's intimate. I like yeah, it. yeah. And, yeah, I like Long Beach. And um, 
Yeah, I, I think with Long Beach, it's also, for me, it's local, so I can have, like, you know, my cousins or my, you know, friends come out and they just hang out with my kid and stuff, so, yeah. But then the other the other hand, like, when, when I look at WonderCon, the, the, the thing about having WonderCon in Anaheim, that means I'm flying down there and staying at a hotel. If it was in San Francisco, I'd, I'd be, you know, probably driving back home, which would, would suck at the end of the night. Yeah, so you like it down here better. I kind of do. Yeah, it's kind of like, um, you know, like if you lived in San Diego and then, you know, the Comic-Con's down there, it's kind of, it's fun, but at the end of the night, you're like driving home, yeah. which isn't and as then, much of a con experience. And you you can't go to the Masquerade Ball and hang out. Yeah, man, even though you should have. You, you you were like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll call you, I'll text you. It's like, you know what, you're a grown man, you should be able to just head over there yourself. I didn't know, you where, know? where it was. It's in the same place it was for the past 50 years or wherever, how long the con's been going on. I've, I've never been to Masquerade Ball because no one's ever asked me. <laughs> I thought you were going to get me like a corsage or something. Because there's a ball? Yeah. I wear, wear my glass slippers. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, we'll do that next year. That'll be our costume. Yeah. But I, I don't know what's, what's happening with WonderCon this year because it's not on a website yet. Like, they don't have dates. Yeah, and they haven't said anything, and, and they keep saying that they they want to go back to San Francisco, but and the the reality of it, and I, I really hate to say it because the the Moscone Center is literally like two blocks away from the office here, but the, the hotel situation is it's not that convenient. Yeah, and because we're we're it's in the financial district, so you know hotels are more expensive in Anaheim. Everything is controlled by like the Disney prices. So oh right right all, yeah, all the rooms are are super affordable. And you, you know, those creepy hotels right on the outskirts, yeah. the motel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or if you get it at the Disney hotel, which is like 400 bucks a night or something like that. that might yeah. Be but you're on that CBS tab now. So what are you talking about? Well, there's still within reason, you know, I gotta, right, right. Like I, I, I actually, I was going to go to the fan expo, but then I was like, you know, maybe I won't go and then, you know, just use that money for New York. Are you allowed to cross American borders? <laughs> what do you mean? I don't have like a ban on me or anything. <laughs> I don't know. Actually, I, I, part of it is I, I didn't have my, my passport and it was like getting closer. It was like at that point, because it's supposed to take like four to six weeks to renew your passport. Yeah. And it was getting closer where I might not have got it in time. And then to expedite it, it's like it, you can only do it like two weeks before, like some weird thing. And Yeah, I think you're not supposed to like travel if your passport's about to expire like there's a certain date you, even though it hasn't expired there's a certain date where they cut off where you shouldn't be traveling i guess yeah, so, maybe if your flight gets canceled and you get stuck yeah 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 stuff like that you know but yeah. have you ever been to fan expo probably not huh? no i haven't i yeah i kind of kept it uh on u.s grounds yeah, so i've been to calgary which i liked um it's kind of like it's up there too it's very strange up in Canada, you know. I go up there and I'm like, "Oh man, gas is cheap," <laughs> and I just realized they're selling it by the liters and not gallons. Yeah, uh, so it is. You know, it's it's kind of like they're speaking English, but you feel like you're somewhere else. Kind of like in in Oregon, where you're not allowed to pump your gas. Yeah, that's just weird, man. Something like that. I've People only been there at been, the gas station. That's just scary. Yeah, I've only been to Portland once, just the airport. Oh, <laughs> I. I, I no, go ahead. I had to go from from Seattle to Portland to San Francisco. It, it was yeah, like I, it was this crazy like layover in this little propeller plane, and it was, it was like a forty five minute trip. 
you know, you go up and you come down. It's a, I think for me, it's like a one hour flight or something. I, I've been to Portland a few times, but yeah, it's, it's nice out there, man. I just, um, you know, I haven't really had a chance to look around, but it was one of the places we were looking to settle, but we ended up not living out there. So it's like a bunch of comic people up there. Yeah. So that's why I didn't settle there. No. <laughs> All right. Uh, so you're also doing uh, Superman Unchained, the, the backups. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually working on it as we speak. Like, sort of uh, like right now? Just do- yeah, I am. I'm kind of doodling away. Hey, can you draw me? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Put me like next to Jimmy Olsen. <laughs> In the background on the broken down ship or something like that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what, what's that like? Um, It's really fun. You know what I mean? um, It's, it's kind of like one of those things where I wanted to keep uh, – you know, working with uh, Scott and stuff. Um, but because, you know, his schedule is insanely crazy where I don't think he can take on another book. And, you know, I got a little Gotham, so there's no way I can even do, like, another thing. So this project's kind of, like, perfect. You know, it's, like, two pages a month. Like, and I still get to work with, you know, Jim and Scott, which are, like, you know, really great people. And at the end of the day, it's, like, you know, it's, it feels like a side project, but it's a big project, so... Yeah, cause like it kind of it kind of counts, you know. It, it counts. You're, you're drawing Lex Luthor and Jimmy, and yeah, you know. So even though I only get to do pages, it's like it's on a really you know important book, um, and but I still get to do Little Gotham. So it's and you're, great. You're you're, you're, you're closing the book too. Um, yeah, even though they have like you know, I think they put in other content nowadays, but yeah, it feels like you know, I'm closing the book. Yeah, it's, um, like, it's gonna be the last thing people remember. Yeah. Right. <laughs> So, uh, what's what's the schedule like with Little Gotham's? Because it you know comes out every two weeks or twice a yeah, month. It's it's um it's pretty insane, man. Like, um, we have five more issues to go, five more chapters to go. So, um, yeah, it's pretty in- it's it's intense. Like, we had a we, we didn't really get a huge head start because we started like um last October when the first Halloween issue came out on Halloween. We started working in um. God, was it beginning of October? So that wasn't really like a big head start. But back then, we only had, you know, one chapter a month, which is 10 pages. Um, 10 pages isn't really that much if you think about it. But 10 pages where, uh, you know, I draw it, I paint it, um, you know, I do colors and everything on it. So it becomes uh, a little, it becomes a lot of work, actually, not a little. Um, To put in perspective, like I used to just pencil 20 pages a month and you know, like to most like artists, like monthly guys, page, penciling twenty pages a month is kind of like the average. But mm-hmm. now I'm like I'm painting twenty pages a month, even though Little Gotham's. I mean, it's it's a, it's a it's a sketcher kind of painting for me, but it is complete art. You know, so it's like God, I'm doing twenty pages of that, but it's a lot of fun. It's something you know I I wouldn't push off to have someone else help me on it because I'm kind of like. uh kind of controlling that way with it um but yeah it's it's a lot of fun and the only reason that i put up with the schedule and everything is because i i like the book so much that i it has to be a certain way from look a certain way for me to be happy and um you know it kind of it's kind of back and forth on it where it's like okay it's worth it to you know not sleep for days so yeah, yeah. i mean it is is great i mean i mean thanks man I mean, this is that. That's the great thing about the. Um, see, I, I wish, and I don't. I don't know if you know, and I, you know, I won't ask you now. But it's like 
we don't know how digital sales do. Cause you know, you, you see the monthly sales, you know, when the diamond right, right. numbers and all that, but you never hear how, how a book does like digitally. Like if, if, yeah. if um, like, let's say Batman sells, you know, 140,000 copies, but it's yeah. like how many digital sales did that include? And, you know, did the number two book have more digital sales that could have put it at number one and, you know, and so forth. So, yeah, that's stuff. I mean, it's always, uh, I think digital is still something so new that, you know, I'm sure down the road in a few years, people will crack and they're like, yeah, you know, let's start releasing numbers. But yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. All I know is like the better we do digitally, the more options we have when, you know, it comes out in print because, um, from my understanding, the better it does in digital, like they'll make up all their money that it costs them to make the book. So when it comes out in print, they've already made the money and they can, you know, they have more options as to how, how to collect it. Um, how many ways to collect it and stuff. So I always root for sales on both, you know? Um, uh, cause you know, you, you want it to be available. Like if they've already made their money, then maybe they can introduce like a collected volume at a lower price point, you know, who knows, you know, that's, that's just my, that's just what I think from, you know, I don't, I'm not like a marketing guy or anything, but that's how I see it. I'm like, you know, it sounds good to me. Now, how, how is it like when, when, when you see it, cause you know, you, you do the like half pages for the digital yeah. and then when they're collected, you know, they're, they're put together. Is it weird for you seeing them like placed together or do you, do you have to like keep that in mind now when you're, you're doing the well, pages? Well, actually I draw it as full page and okay. then they chop it up when they get it. Oh, okay. um, that's, that's the difficult part because you have to kind of think about how it's going to look digitally, but at the same time make it when it gets printed in a book, it doesn't look like they just put everything together, you know? So you have to, it, it took a while to adjust the storytelling. Um, I changed a lot of the, the way I tell a story and like, if you, sometimes I'll catch myself where it's printed in a page. I'm like, yeah, right here, I'm breaking all kinds of, you know, comic storytelling rules. But sometimes I felt like I had to do it just to make it read one way in digital. Mm-hmm. Cause you're not, now you're kind of like, you know, you're pleasing both worlds and, uh, yeah, it's, it's still a learning curve. Um, to do this uh we did it with um oh god what was it um bat uh justice league beyond unlimited. uh just league beyond was yeah unlimited just league beyond wait was it unlimited no it's justice league unlimited right or was it beyond i don't know i don't remember the title <laughs> i don't remember the title but i that our book was basically the first one to do that so derek and i um like the way we would write the stories and you know usually what people do is like the end of a page, you have kind of like the, you know, the page turner kind of like, you know, like a mini cliffhanger and stuff. Mm-hmm. So to change the story for me, sometimes to change the, the storytelling to where it would be halfway through the page because you're getting the half panels. Um, that was like, you know, that took a little adjustment too. So, um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'm over explaining. No, no. This. I mean, I, I, I find this interesting. Like w- now looking at it both ways, which way, do you like the 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 story? Which which way do you think presents the story better? Um, digitally, I think this way. I mean, the way they're having us read it now with the half panel, then you know this way works. Um, but I'm a traditional kind of guy. I if, I if I could have it my way, I would just draw normal comic pages, um, tell the story the way you know I've always liked when I was reading comics. So. So let's say they're they're gonna they're gonna come up to you and they're gonna say, "Hey, let's do this really cool collected hardcover." Because I'm a sucker for hardcovers. Yeah, we're, we're gonna collect little Gotham's in hardcover. Would you rather it be full size pages, 
like the the printed comics or do like a, a smaller book with the half page? Um, you know, like the way we've got it drawn already, I would love to do it. I mean, I've talked about it a few times with um with them, and the way I would love it to be collected is you know those peanuts collections. The, oh yeah, the the long yeah, yeah. ones. Yeah. Yeah, they're done in landscape. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would love to have it like that in a box, you know, slipcover or whatever it's called. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's how I would like it, man. Um, See, but I, yeah, like I said, we. I mean, if if uh, you know if things go well, you know, why not? You know, why not be collected in that way too? I, I think it'd be good to to make it stand out from you know everything else. Yeah, and and especially um, being like a you know all age, you know that that's something that. The, like the the parents that go to the bookstores yeah. that don't really know anything about comics, they might see like like if they see in that format, I I think that might make it look more like a kid's book. And I'm not saying yeah. that it's watered down like a kid's book. Yeah. I mean, I well, I think that'd be cool. I think it'd be cool. Yeah. Um, some of the things that you know, I mean, as a as as us comic guys that like to collect things, and also as an artist, we see that and it's cool. But um, also I I understand that. Um, a lot of the times that comes down to how they market it too and putting books in odd sizes sometimes we don't get shelves the same way as say Barnes and Nobles and stuff Yeah, and sometimes you know they, they bring that into consideration as how the books will sell so that's why you see a lot of books you, you're like oh it would be great collected this one way it's like yeah it would be great for a certain consumer but in the overall effect of how it's going to sell on the shelves sometimes it doesn't work and that's why they choose certain formats yeah. I, I think yeah it would also it would have to have more pages then, right? Um, well, I mean, being it cut down, yeah, yeah. it definitely has twice as much pages. Because yeah, yeah, even though it's both sides, it's still gonna it's gonna make the book thicker, which then would maybe in some ways add more to the price, even though it's the same. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it's well, actually uh, like like when actually, I was, it would be cool. Actually, it would be cool because you're paying the same and you're getting what feels to be like double the you know pages. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I know what you're talking about, like like shelf space net because like when I was teaching math and yeah. I remember like uh, some big like calculus like problems like optimization when you're talking like like products like you know whether it's going to be in a can or in a box like you want to be able to optimize a package. Yeah, but and you also, also you know the the point of purchase uh, where like you know the bookstores have you know like yeah. if it's all shelving then all of a sudden everything's smooth and your book is the one sticking out they're not going to want it there you know yeah but then if it sticks out people are like hey what's this sticking out I should exactly buy see yeah now, now what what size uh paper do you do you draw on 11 by 17 or do you do um for little gothams i actually uh i paint on 9 by 14 which is actually slightly smaller um mostly because you know i mean it sounds weird but because the characters are smaller but it's because i kind of want um uh the line kind of like the line quality i like because if it's if i draw it big and it gets shrunken down i lose a lot of the you know line quality and some mm-hmm. of the little nuances that happens in watercolor so i try to work close to viewing size just so you can kind of like it looks like you're actually looking at like a sketch because that's the whole idea behind little gotham is that it looks kind of like a uh you know kind of like a very loose lot of energy to it kind of sketchy um so yeah i work almost close to uh reading size actual size i guess that's what it's called wow see i i I thought you'd want to do bigger so it'd be easier to do like if you have to do like small details somewhere for bigger pages i i try to sometimes but i've uh you know i found out the line like i work at a certain um 
it's let me see how to explain this i work at a certain scale where like um if you look at it the line weight has to kind of like match up with the size of the characters because if i draw like a huge say i draw like a huge character i'm still using the same line weight as if i'm drawing a small character so i don't know if it makes sense but you know it, it looks off if i don't work at a certain scale because of the tools i'm using because mm. it's a very traditional kind of thing like uh, it's hard to explain. <laughs> no, see, see, this is why you, you need to do more more drawing on video, like the art channel. I know. This, this is why I don't do drawing on videos because I can't uh, explain what I'm doing. But see, if you do it, the camera's uh, rolling, then you don't you don't have to say. It's just like just watch the video. Ah, that makes sense. Maybe see? I should, huh? See that that's that's yeah. what that that's that's why people like the the art challenges because they one it puts you guys on the spot because yeah. you know you don't know what what weird thing I'm going to ask you to draw. But right. the the main thing is you know getting to see the product because you know we we see the art all the time like when I, when I do those those the, the awesome art picks on, on the weekends yes. that's that's like one of our, our biggest viewed articles and and for Saturday when there's not as many people online as like during the week that's like it, it blows me away like how many views that article gets and that's and cool. you know people like seeing the art you know because yeah. they like seeing you guys do something different that you know you don't normally do but seeing the process too because you know you you see the art all the time but you don't really get to see how how the magic happens yeah yeah sometimes i'm like i should really record what i'm doing yeah. i try to sometimes i mean i've tried a few like and i actually have videos but then i just haven't put it together and also at the same time it's like man you know like i'm on a deadline last thing i need is to worry about if i have enough you know battery in this camera <laughs> enough memory space <laughs> you know it's like it's almost like I just I needed to get it done, you know. Yeah, that, but, that's uh, why. Yeah, going, that's but yeah, going back to you know the scale I work at, I guess the easiest way to explain is that you know the scale of the drawing has to match the line weight that I'm using. So there, you know, that's why I kind of work at that size. So yeah. So is that that's why you need me to film, so you don't have to worry about it. I know. Are you gonna come over and just stand over me? I'll, I'll film and edit and put some some fancy music over. Yes. Maybe some romantic music. Yeah, whatever you want. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I, you probably got to get going now. Um. Yeah. I mean, you know, we got another like ten minutes or something. If okay. You want. If you I wanna. don't want to rush, you know, I'm sorry, man. No, no. I mean, we we, we kind of just we're, and we're all over the place. Ask what it's about. It's we just talk about whatever. Right. So, right. So title. I, yeah, it's just stuff. Now, um, you're you want to I. Wanted to know like what what comic right now? What's like what's your number one? Like what what's what are you really digging? Um, I have and always have been reading like um Blade of the Immortal. Um, it's yeah, I heard it already ended in Japan, but it's should be ending here soon. So I'm kind of waiting to see how that all wraps up because, uh, you know Blade of Immortal is like my like if I ever did a, a creator own book where you know I write and draw it, uh, that would be like you know the the type of book I would want to you know do not 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 particularly the genre but i mean the quality that he's put into it i think it's just amazing like the storytelling the art everything it's just you can tell he it you can tell he has total control of it so yeah that's that's one book i'm rooting for so yeah now what's it i've never read it i i have to say oh it's it's uh it's it's feudal japan um this guy he's you know yes he he's basically an immortal but he doesn't want to be and I'll, I'll start out from the beginning it you know, just a quick from the beginning is basically he's he's protecting this. It's it's all about. It starts out as like a revenge plot, and this girl basically 
she hires this bodyguard who's like an immortal and it goes from there but the the most most interesting part about it is that you know you start out reading there's good guys or bad guys but in the end it's like you know you, you start reading you realize there's more to it than any good or bad and it's just you know there's like super evil people but everyone's kind of like a great character and everyone has a story basically and it's it's just really good it's hard for i can't i can't explain it without making it sound dumb i'm um, looking at and it's, it's just amazing you know i not really good at explaining that. <laughs> okay, so so the guy's name is is Manji. It's Manji, yeah. Okay, he's a Ronin warrior, feudal Japan. He's cursed with immortality. <laughs> to rid himself of his curse, to regain his mortality, and end his life of misery, he must slay one thousand evil men. I swear, he's killed more than that in this book. His quest begins when a young girl seeks his help, taking revenge on her parents' killers. His quest ends only after he has spilled the blood of a thousand. Yeah, I swear he's killed more than that, though. So we don't know. Now, is, is, is are you reading the ones from Dark Horse? Yes, yes, the ones from Dark Horse. Okay, I don't I, read Japanese, man. I'm, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm looking in our our database. Is there's like a bunch of different collections because it looks like there's there's trades. So, yeah. volume twenty eighth is maybe coming out January two thousand fourteen. Yeah. So there's. Like, yeah, usually I read them in trade because they read so fast. They're um. You know, like a lot of them, like he'll do a whole issue where it's just all action and just barely any dialogue. And then there's some books there, like all dialogue. And, um, you know, it's like he's not following any format. You know, like I don't know of any format in the U.S. or, you know, most books have. But, you know, there's a balance of, say, you know, dialogue and action, you know, usually with him. You can tell he's working in a big picture kind of way where each issue doesn't count as maybe, you know. It doesn't have to have everything in it. He's just working at his own pace, and you know maybe it'll make sense in five issues. And that's pretty much what I like about it. It's like you know he's just telling the story the way he wants to. Yeah, I have to check that out. You should, yeah. Because looks it's like been out for years. Yeah, since '96, I think. Oh wow! I think oh, that's wow. what's this is saying. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I started reading it in '97, so. That's cool. Yeah, that makes sense. Looks like uh, Dark Horse was also putting out like single issues. Yeah, they put out the single issues, and then it collects in trades. I used to collect the single issues because I he's like my favorite like um, cover artist. You know, pretty much almost. Oh, yeah, uh, he's like one of my top three cover artist guys that I. And the funny thing is, you can tell by the way he paints. Is I mean he, it's an he's an amazing artist. So it doesn't matter how he paints, it still looks good. You know, it's it. It's a book that where I, it's a style where you know it, you know it, it tells you you know as long as you have a solid idea, solid, you know drawing skills, it doesn't matter if you're like you know the best you know acrylic watercolor guy or whatever. It's like it's all in the original sketch. You know, like if the sketch is strong and the drawing is strong, it's gonna be a strong image. And you can look at it. You're like you know like some you know some great traditional painter would look at it and they'll be like oh man you know he's doing this wrong he's mixing the colors wrong but if you look at it it's more powerful than anything you know you could do like he's just an amazing artist so just like you yeah yeah that's what i'm that's what i'm trying to get you to say yeah no totally <laughs> i i do i do uh, want to ask so when when you do the 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 watercolors and um little gothams so like how much do you do? How many? How much pencils do you do? Uh, you know, it depends. If it's a something that has a lot of mechanical in it, um, 
a lot of backgrounds or some a lot of things that are like uh how do i say it if they're not characters they're not character face facial features or emotions then i go very tight like um you know i could draw every nut and bolt um but if they're like just characters doing gestures then i can kind of go a little loose and then just um paint and then do the line art over it um it just depends on the subject matter but i i do i do a little less penciling than i do on normal pages because um i don't have to translate to you know uh say whoever's going to ink it i don't have to translate it precisely mm-hmm. to make it correct i can i'm kind of shorthanding it for myself and i kind of you know i'm going to be the one inking it so now now when you when you do the pencils do you like have your pencils and then make a copy and then paint on top of that or do you paint uh, straight on the pencils no, I paint right on the pencil. I work on a paper that's like a 300-pound uh, hot press paper. So I actually work on the watercolor paper itself, mm. um, which which is like – it kind of sucks because watercolor paper is so soft. If I if I don't go light, I'll scratch up the paper or I'll tear the paper. So I've kind of learned to go a little lighter. Um, and then after that, I scan in to to have copies of the pencils. That's and, what I was going to say is because otherwise the, the pencils are, are gone. Yeah, the pencils are gone. Um Sometimes you'll see it underneath the colors a little. Like mm-hmm. if you look at Little Gotham, sometimes you see like the pencil lines underneath. But I do, um, I do actually scan in the pencils mostly because if I'm super behind, then I send in the pencils to lettering, and then they letter off the pencils. And so when they get the original art, the final art, they just drop in the final art, you know. And and just so. just from a from a artist standpoint, it's like you'd want to keep the pencil version too. Um. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it'd be cool to have it later on and, you know, kind of log in, do a, like how you said, kind of like, you know, uh, what's it called? Where you show how you did it? Yeah, yeah, the whole process. But, <laughs> Work but in he, progress. There yeah, you go. Yeah, but he, well, then there's also the just the, the, the point of collectability where I'm sure, you know, people would pay big money for that. For the pencils? No, I mean, they're just scans. I don't have the original. That's pencils. what I'm saying. You, you should keep the originals. You no, there can these... only be one original. <laughs> the painting should be the original. I guess. It's not like I'm coloring in computers, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, uh, but I mean some, it's all some... one piece. Like every page is just one piece. Well, I mean, how, how do other comics do it? They 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 cuz they they're, well, they're, they're you know, separate. Well, yeah, they have pencils and then the inks on top, and so the ink pages are the originals, and then they send the files in to get digitally colored. Or some companies do the penciler and then the penciler sends the scans of it to the inker that prints it on blue line, and then he inks it. So there's an original pencils and original inks. And see, um, that's that's twice original art you can sell. In- yeah, I don't really care. I just want one original for you know. That go. Like, uh, I might with Little Gotham. There's just one original. That's it. You know, and yeah, that's just it. I know what you're saying though. Yeah, that is more to sell, but and, and, uh, you know, that's the cool thing about not working digitally is you have an original, and I think. If you have even less original, it's more of a valuable thing to yourself, you know. To um, now, it probably it probably hasn't happened because you're such a professional. But have you ever like been like, okay, here's the pencils, and then you sneeze or something, and then the, the paint messed up, or you went over the lines, or um, yeah, actually, yeah, it's happened a few times, and I just redraw it. Um, that's that's a good thing about you know, uh drawing <laughs> but, but what if but it's it's happened to a point where one time i colored joker's hair purple and his body and his uh what was it his, his hair purple and then 
like his suit green or something like you know it's like one of those things where it's like you do it so often mm-hmm. that you know the colors come natural but then i'm like half asleep or something or i'm like really behind i'm that's just not thinking um you know it's happened where i colored where i paint harley quinn you know the red side's supposed to be black the black's supposed to be red um you'll probably catch it once in a while and i just i don't even try to fix it because it just looks bad if you try to fix it digitally mm-hmm. um so yeah just just roll with it man so like if you're like doing a whole page, very last corner, you mess up and either you try to fix it or you just start over? No, you can fix it. I mean, a lot of times I could scan it in and I could fix it on, um, you know, uh, I can fix it digitally. Um, just Photoshop it around it or something. Um, I do that a lot, a uh, lot more now on um, stuff I'm working with, uh, uh, more commercial stuff like uh, game stuff for um you know some other companies and also some uh, consumer good stuff where i actually paint everything by hand but then when it comes in they're like oh well you know she looks a little chubby here or her proportions are off so i can adjust it on the computer you know mm-hmm. but that's pretty much just production work at the end so yeah that's cool so so you you've you've given some consideration to create her own uh yeah yeah definitely i mean you know it i was i was with dc for like the last 15, like 13 years and so um, this year in February, I was done with them exclusively. Um, so I was like, yes, I'm going to, you know, do some creator own stuff, uh, jump around. And then, you know, I was like, oh, wait, I'm still doing little Gotham's with them. That's cool. I can do both things at once. And then I realized I have no time to do anything else. Uh, so, but hopefully next year or, you know, in the next few years, I could, you know, work on some stuff of my own. That's always like, you know, every artist is kind of, kind of dream. Yeah. It is funny. Once before you get into the comics, your dream is like, you know, I want to work on the biggest, baddest book ever. You know, like the biggest title, biggest selling. Then you get in and you're you're like, you know, you work on it a while, you're like, oh man, I want to just do my own thing. Yeah. I mean you want to something you own. Yeah, you know, something you own and also just you know I you know, I don't want to downplay it, but it's like, you know, like everyone draws Batman. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I love Batman. Um I love Little Gotham's because, you know, it's kind of like the thing I've been kind of pushing for a while. So it's great I got to do that. But to be honest, it's like, you know, like if you think about it, like everyone's kind of drawn Batman. They're going to get to draw Batman, which is the great thing. You know, it's like it's something you want to achieve as, you know, as an artist trying to break an industry. But, you know, you get to a point where you're like, do you want people to remember you for Batman or say, do you want people to remember you for, say, Hellboy? That's what Mignola did, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like that, you know? And um, I, I, I would love it if people remember me for, like, say, you know, uh, the Batman, Batman Black and White, and Little Gotham's and stuff, you know? Um, but it'd be cool if you had something else tied to your name where they're like, oh, yeah, that's that's him. You know, he, he did that. Um, well, oh, by the way, I am doing a Batman Black and White, so, yes. <laughs> On the, the, the current miniseries? The current miniseries, yeah. I just wrapped it up. Um, they should announce it pretty soon. I think they've already announced it, so... Yeah, I'm not sure. I because like you know, the first issue came out maybe like two weeks ago, three yeah, weeks ago not. by the time. Yeah, so I it may be in the solicits, but I I try to not to look at those. Why? I I mean I I don't like to be spoiled when you know. Oh right right right. So a lot of times I mean I I guess with with, with that, but it, but still it's like you know with, with the black and white, it's like you don't know who what what artists are going to be in there. So that's that's kind of the, the fun thing. You're so weird. What I, I like to be—it's so hard to be surprised these days in comics because you know what? 
that's the good thing. I think that's an interesting thing because what you're saying basically is you're such a big Batman fan that you would do anything Batman. You would read anything Batman. Whereas some people, they follow the creators around, you know, and they're like, oh, I'm such a big fan of, you know, that writer or that artist that I'll check out and see what he's working on. No, I mean, that. it goes both ways. Like, you know, like Scott Snyder and Sean Murphy on The Wake. It's like, I didn't, yeah. I didn't know what, what the story was. I was like, okay, I don't care. I'm going to, you know, read it because it's them. But there, there's, I mean, I, I guess like the, the books. Yeah, it, it, both, it, it works both ways, you know. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. With Batman, it's kind of like one of those things where you're like, you know, it's got to be a good Batman you know, you, you want to see if it's a good Batman book. And I think that's how it is with, say, animation, right? You you don't really know the team behind it, but, hey, that looks cool. You want to check it out, you know? And then yeah. later on, you're finding out who's writing it and, like, you know, who's the creative team behind it. And yeah. it's a good surprise. So, yeah, yeah, I, I know what you're saying, man. Yeah. So. <laughs> so do you have, without, like, saying anything, do you, like, have ideas, like, something you'd want to do for creator own? Um. Yeah, I mean, we, God, I have, like, a few things I'm already like writing and I've had, I have a few pieces of art. I've actually already started on um, for pitch pieces for a children's book and stuff like that. So yeah, I mean, you know, it's like with the very rare time I have free, I've been trying to work on that, but it gets harder every day trying to find time to work on your own things. You know, that's always like the hardest thing to come around to because you're pretty hard on yourself. You're like, ah, this doesn't look good enough. So you start, you ditch it. And you start over, and pretty soon you're like spending years on the same thing, on the same idea, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not, yeah. I, not what? Is is it hard to like not share it? Like you know, here's something because obviously you know this is your own thing, so you're gonna be excited. You know, there's yeah, it is hard not to share it and to not share it. Yeah. It's just like oh, I, I can't. You know, I I gotta make that deal first before I you know show anyone. So it's, yeah, it's it's kind of like you you want to share it, but at the same time. It's it's one of those things where like if I do a Batman piece, if I do a completed say Justice League Batman piece, I'll share it. I'll be like, hey, look, this you know, but like if it's like a creator own thing where it's like you know I've kind of like just worked on it for like months for myself and stuff, I don't even know if it's done enough to be shared, you know. So that's that's another thing. Yeah. Like, you know, it's more personal. Because like, if you share, they'll be like, oh, they're they're gonna judge it right away. And I think that's the artist in most artists to, you know kind of like worried about like am i done am i not you know it's like whereas to comics is like oh it's, it's gonna come out next month anyways might as well show it yeah. you know but yeah okay um last thing so you're you're yeah. in you're watching the word of batman uh yeah yeah i like that a lot man it's uh you know it took me a while to get back to watching like you know um animation dc animation on tv you know uh ever since Has or batman beyond went off the air I was just, I just haven't watched a lot, whole lot of stuff. Um, I remember watching, uh, God, what was it? The Batman. I didn't watch The Batman until the entire series came on out on DVD. Yeah. Um, then I was like, oh, what was, what was I holding back? This show's not that bad, you know? It was yeah. actually really good. Uh, I watched a few of the Brave and the Bold, but Beware of the Batman. It's like, it, it's really good. Like, I haven't, like, if I had to describe, I would say it's, it feels like, you know, obviously it's not, you know, I mean. I put I put the original animated series like way up there, but this feels like Batman the animated series year one kind of you yeah. know like it's when he's still just kind of like learning the ropes of being Batman and you know this is like the younger days and he's still fighting criminals that aren't you know they're they're a threat but they're not as big a threat not as big a global threat you know so yeah. that's how it feels like kind of so yeah yeah 
like that series a lot, and it looks cool. I I always have doubts in 3D, but you know it it the show it does it does look a little darker mm-hmm. than I would like it, but it's it suffers the same kind of like um I, I don't know maybe it's just me and I'm old or it's the lighting or something, but I I I see the same thing with like the Transformers um Prime show. It's like it looks great, but it's so dark. Not not dark as in theme, but the lighting. The lighting always seems off, you know. Yeah. Like, um, but yeah. as far as action and all the sequences, the action sequence, like, oh man, the the Beware of the Batman is just amazing. Like some of the storytelling they have, in the story, the cinematography they're going with, the fighting and the kicking and you know just things coming out. It's really good. Yeah, it's funny because Warner Brothers, you know, they they send like a couple video clips and images every yeah. week, but it's like the the images are so dark. It's like you you can barely see, you know, what, yeah, what's yeah. in there. It's it's you know it's it's the lighting and it's just I don't know what it is. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what it is. It's um maybe that's what they're trying to do, make it yeah. creepy, or maybe it's just to cut corners. So they don't have to put as many detail. It, it does seem like it, but I mean the animation is so. It's good, you know. It's like quality animation, so it's not like you know. I like um. Usually they'll do you. You'll watch a movie. Say you watch like Kung Fu Panda, then you watch the Kung Fu Panda TV series. I guess the only way you can tell is because you have the movie to compare it to, and you're like, oh man, the animation quality just kind of like dropped a little. But the thing with Kung Fu Panda is they still have a really good story, and oh, sorry, hold on. They still have like a really good story, and uh. You know, like the animation's clean. You know, mm-hmm. so with Batman, Beware the Batman, it's kind of hard to have something to compare it to. So when I look at, it, I'm like, this is really, you know, quality 3D. You know, but except for the lighting thing, yeah. I don't know. All right, well, I should probably let you go since you have to get. Yeah, to- man, it was good talking to you, dude. Yeah, it was good talking to you last weekend and at <laughs> last Rose City. Weekend, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, and- yeah, I hung out your table like so long. That's the plan. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of weird talking about the future in a past sense. I know it was, it was good times. Yes, it was good times. Uh, yeah, all right. So thanks for having me, dude. Yeah, we'll have to do this again. Definitely, let's do it again, man. Yeah. All right. <laughs> all right. Take care, Matt. All right. So make sure you check out Dustin's uh, stuff, Little Gotham's, him and Derek Verdals. They do that. And you know each issue is only ninety nine cents. It's it's just really cool stuff. You can even check them out. I mean, you can get them. You can read them online, I, I believe. And you know, if you have an iPhone, you you don't need an iPad. I, they look great on an iPad, but you know, you can also check them out on phone. I mean, that's that's how I read that Comic Con issue at San Diego. I read on my phone, and I was just like, what? So you know, check that out. And you know, I'm assuming maybe you're you're reading Superman Unchained. And, you know, with his backups in there, see what he's doing there. So cool stuff. Uh, let's do some questions. And uh, actually, I, you know, so if you have questions, I, I guess I should clarify this. You can there. You have three places you can ask now. You can go to the general forum and look for the Ask G-Man video questions thread. So it's pinned at the top. You can ask questions there. So I'm, I'm currently catching up there. Um, the thing about that is you, you have a lot of room to write whatever you want, but I guess you should try to keep it, um, to the point. So I don't read the whole thing because I, I don't usually read these in advance. So it might take me a while to, to read all that. You can also go on Twitter 
Uh, my my Twitter is is Gman from Heck. Use the hashtag Ask Gman. That's the one that that it still works. Sometimes it may not be entirely reliable, unfortunately, because the Ask Gman hashtag is we're we're fighting over it. So you got some Fisher dude that's um taking questions on there. So there's a lot of I mean, it, it, just type in that, that Ask G-Man. Just type that hashtag – just type Ask G-Man into search, and you'll see the questions there, and a lot of them have to do with phishing. So you can ask there. And you can also – on my Tumblr, I, I think you also have the freedom here of you know, having more characters. So it's just gmanfromheck.tumblr.com, and I guess you just click the Ask Me Anything button, and um, we'll take some questions there. Actually, I think we'll actually start – with Tumblr, because I, I have a few questions. So this first one is from Gone So Far Away. Uh, says, hey, listening to your um, the Mississippi Supermassive Comic Book Podcast stuff, episode forty three. Just wondering. Oh, <laughs> this is, it says, why can't we ask questions on Tumblr for your podcasts? Um, also, if you could have any writer and artist, like let's start, start right there. So, um. The, the problem is there's no date on this. So you can ask questions here for the podcast. If you mean for both podcasts, I kind of would rather not. I'd like to keep them separated. Um, there's also email. You know, you can at, send uh, an email t- for either podcast. It's just podcast at comicvine.com. Um, if you had a specific question, if you wanted it for this podcast or the weekly podcast, you know, you, you can – send questions via email. Um, I, I guess the thing is with I, I when I when I checked questions for the regular podcast, you know, I am checking email because that's we get a lot of questions on email there. And there's a, a separate podcast thread on the podcast forums for that podcast. Um, having another place is it's just a lot to keep up with. I mean, if you absolutely must, if it's most convenient for you, if you want to ask questions here, that's great. And I'll you know, just try to remember to check this when we do the regular podcast. All right. So back to Gone So Far Away says, if you could have any writer and artist team do an eight-issue story for a character, which team and character would you go with? So this is always the tough one. Um, and, you know, y- you want to go with the character that you like. You know, it- it's easy to say, like, uh, you know, Batman or Spider-Man. Um, you know, I, I think maybe it's, it's almost hard to say with Batman now because there's so many Batman books and there's been, you know, a lot of memorable stories Like you know, maybe you'd want to move away from Batman, even though there are some artists like, like Ryan Stegman does a, a good Batman. You know, he's, he's done some commission sketches that he's posted on his Tumblr. Um, but I, I think, uh, see, I was going to say Moon Knight cause I like saying Moon Knight. Um, it's like I'd like to see Moon Knight written by who would I like to see write Moon Knight? Like a, a Scott Snyder Moon Knight could be interesting to see what he would add to it. Drawn, you know, I don't want to say Greg Capullo. Um, let's see, so it'd have to be kind of dark. Um, that's tough. Because you know what, what for some reason what first came to mind was Mark Bagley, but Mark Bagley does like a great, you know, it's like Spider Man, you know, it's like where it's it's just bright and 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 you know daylight stuff. 
Um, I don't know. I'd love to see Mike Allred do Mike Allred. On, okay. This is just me rambling now. Um, gone so far away says he would like Scott Snyder and Sean Murphy on Spider-Man. That could be very interesting. Um, yeah. So, okay. That's, that's a great question. Um, it, it, these are always tough. Like we have these, these perfect dream. Like if we were in charge, you know, we could do whatever we want. Uh, okay. Here's one from Kaka <laughs> Vekos with K's in there. It says, Hey Tony, I just want to say thanks for all the hard work you guys put into the site and podcast. I was wondering, do you think that there would be a comic vine apparel in the future? I would be willing to buy a shirt. Um, so with, with that, I will say we do have a shirt on sale in the, the store. So at the top of like every page, um, where it says, let's see, if I'm, where did the store go? <laughs> um, there is a store somewhere. All right, so if you click on the become a member, um, there's information where you know you could be, be get premium for Giant Bomb and Comic Vine. If you scroll down, you can see because if you become a member. If you so basically you get videos in HD, exclusive content, which I'll be honest, right now Comic Vine's not doing a whole lot of exclusive content. We could talk about why in a bit. You get no ads and you get a fifteen dollar um actually I take that back. If you do it a monthly, you get HD videos and exclusive content. If you do it yearly for forty nine ninety five annual, you get no ads and you get a fifteen dollar store credit which you can use that $15 towards a t-shirt or other things. If you scroll down, it says view to store. Now it'll say giant bomb emporium, but if you click on t-shirts and hoodies, you will see there is a comic vine logo tee for $15. So it's got the, the logo lady on there. And you, if you become a yearly member, you get the 50, you get the shirt for free basically. So you can, you can get that. Uh, the, the, the reality of it is would other stuff sell that that's the question. And you know, it's, it's always hard to say what you guys are, are willing or able to spend, you know, cause we, we all spend so much money on comics, you know, and when, when you go to sell an item, you kind of want to have not necessarily a guarantee, but you want to know that, you know, people are going to buy it. And in the past, you know, I, I had set up like a like a Cafe Express, whatever, Cafe Press, whatever it is. And, you know, a bunch of people were like, just like, yeah, I'm going to buy, I'm going to, I'd buy this, I'd buy that. And, you know, the, the sales weren't, weren't great. So it's, it's, it's just a matter of that, um, you know, are willing, are people willing to pay? Now, some people did say that they would rather have just a Comic Vine logo or, you know, it, it'd be great to do some other stuff, you know, commission a piece of art. But it's it's really it comes down to would people be willing to pay fifteen twenty dollars for a shirt because you know we need to know that before we go about actually doing it. So there is the one shirt available. Um, Kakavikos also says, also maybe I'm an idiot for not knowing how to do this, but is there a way followers create individual issues as well? For instance, if Jen gave Trillium a five out of five, but I thought it was a four out of five, is there a way to have fans rate it 
on a review page. By the way, Trillium is a five out of five. What you can do is go to any issue, any issue at all. You can go you know, to Amazing Fantasy number 15, whatever comic. There is a way where you can add reviews there, and then it'll show up in the user reviews. So that's what I always say. If you don't agree with our, our reviews, you know, if, if we gave something a four and you think it's a two or you think it's a five or, or whatever, you can review it yourself and you know, put your words where your mouth, money where your mouth is, something like that. And and then the, the the great thing about that is the more people that review, you get that comprehensive score. So you can see, does everyone think it's a four? Or is it like a, it, it would take the average of it. So, you know, it's a 3.2 or, you know, whatever. So you can, can do that. So make sure you, you check that out. Um, and then there's a question from I'm Not That Bright. Since you talk about your daughter a lot on the podcast and we do not know her name, which I totally get and respect, by the way, I now refer to her in my head as Little G, sidekick to G-Man. Uh, yeah, I mean, I always would refer to her as Little G-Girl. And maybe I'm just being overprotective. I mean, it, it's, it, it could be kind of silly in a way that it's not like if people know who she is, you know, because when you think about celebrities, you know, people know what the, what the kids' names are. But I guess at the at the same time, you know, you don't want your your kid to be at school and then someone say, "Hey, I'm here to pick up Johnny Johnson." You know, I'm family friend. You know, and then you got obviously you would have this discussion with your kids, and and, and not just anyone can walk in and and you know do that. But it's just a matter of just keeping some of that 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 separate. Like when I was a, a high school math teacher, it was always weird. Because you know, I didn't live in in the town that I taught. I you know lived a couple towns uh, away. Actually, at one point, you know, I, w- I was living. And it's it's kind of a, it was a big big town. But like, if you're like at the farmers market, which for people who don't know, it's not where farmers. It, it's where people bring in produce and or other things. And you know, there's there's food like street vendors and you know stuff like that. But there's been times where I'd, I'd be like you know walking down the street or something like that. And then someone's like walking by or driving by and they, they, they call it your name. And it's kind of weird when you're not quote unquote on duty. Um, you know, cause like, like when, when you're with your friends or your family, you know, not, not that you, you have a problem with it. And, you know, maybe it's a little different when, when you're teaching. Cause there's sometimes, you know, you, you don't, you, you, you get enough of the kids, you know, you don't need them on the weekends or whatever. But at the same time, when I'm at a comic convention, I absolutely love when when people recognize me or come up to me, and you know it's it's to me it's 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 very humbling, you know, to know that you know when you guys say you you dig the site or whatever. So, um, you know that that's that's fine. Uh, but that's because it's me. Like, actually, I I went like one time I went to a movie theater to to see um, Side Effects, which is a good movie, and. The, the guy that sold me the ticket and worked behind the counter, he he recognized me. And again, I thought that was like super cool. And, you know, we, we actually talked a little bit about, you know, some stuff. And I was like, hey, uh, tomorrow I'm putting this video up about this or whatever. So, you know, I don't have a problem with it. But, I, you know, I wouldn't want to put my daughter, you know, subject her to that unless she, you know, at, at when she's old enough to do that herself. She's reviewed comics on the site. And, you know, there's a couple pictures on the site, but it's it's not – of her actual face. Cause you know, I don't need that out there. So that's just how it is. But 
Um, yeah, little G girl, little G, that all works. All right, so those are the only Tumblr questions. Um, but again, you can ask questions there, just gmanfromheck.tumblr.com. So let's go to the Twitter. If I can sift through these fishing questions. Um, so here's one from September 15th. This is from Panzer Jedi. It says, I would love Bruce Timm's art style and would love to draw in that style too, but I know nothing about drawing. What's the best way to get started and learn drawing? Love the podcast and the site. Thanks. Um, I'm, I'm not an expert on drawing, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to kind of pretend to be. My suggestion, and you know, there could be other ways, is you know, so obviously, you know, you you can try to learn or try to adapt someone's style. Um, the main thing, and I'm like the the last person should be saying this. You should, you know, you should try to to create your own style, and not necessarily that you have to be revolutionary, come up with something totally unique, but you know, you want to do something that feels natural to you, and you know, so like. If if you sit down with a piece of paper or a napkin or whatever, and you just start doodling. You start, you know, you want to draw a guy or a dog or whatever. You know, what? How does that that lay out for you? You know, what 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 do you do? How how does it look? You know, that that's like your style. And then you know you can build on that. You know, if you look at it, say I don't really like this, or you know maybe I want to try tweaking the head a little bit. Um, but looking at other people's arts, you know, if it's it's one thing. You know, you don't want to say. I'm going to take this person's style. You know, I want to draw just like Greg Capullo. I want to draw just like Sean Murphy or, or you know, whoever. You know, you you don't want to be known as a guy that, that draws just like that other person. Um, if it just happens to be that way, that that's that's fine. But you know, you can look at other people's arts. You know, if if you're inspired by them, and then try to see, oh, I really like the way they draw the the, the nose and the eyes. You know, I I'm going to try to do something with that now. You know, again, assuming you're doing this for fun and and you're not, you know, straight out going to you know, going to go to like art school or anything like that. So you know that that's fine if you just keep doing that, and you know, then you you can just like make adapt it and make it work. You know, how however. So just 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 keep looking at. It. So you see, okay, I want to let's say I want to draw a dog. So you take the artists that you like. They draw really cool dogs. Look at the different dogs and then try to see how you can do that. You could try to start off by like tracing. Um, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with that because like each time you trace, you're you're kind of going through the motion, like saying, "Oh, so it would be something like this." You're getting used to it, and then you know try to move away from that, try to do it yourself. But um, that's that's the the only way. I can the way you learn how to draw is just by keep keep doing. Try to draw, try to draw everything. Um, and if you're going to be serious about drawing, obviously you need to be able to draw everything. You need to be able to draw cars. You need to be able to draw airplanes. You draw buildings and trees. You know, you, you can't just draw dogs and and expect to you know have a career out of that unless you're just drawing dogs. <laughs> um, but that that's the best thing is and and the main thing is I used to draw a lot. Um, you know, I, I have a, a deviant art page. I, um, I, I don't know if it's under G man from heck. Um, and I, I stopped drawing because I didn't really like my, my style. 
So yeah, it's, it's, if if you go to DeviantArt, it's G Man from Heck. You can just type that in. It says Tony Guerrero. Um, I have a few things that I've put up. I think this says there's sixteen. Uh, my problem is I didn't really like my my style. So one thing that I would do is is I would look at something and then try to draw it off to the side. Like there's a, a picture of Calvin and Hobbes. And, you know, I was able to draw that. There's a picture of Captain America where he's looking kind of angry. And uh, I, I forget who did the cover. Or if it was Mike Zek or somewhere where he was actually holding an, an Uzi. But I was like, I one, I didn't want to draw the Uzi. And two, it's like Captain America with Uzi was kind of weird. So I, I drew a sh- – tried, I tried drawing a shield and it just – it did, looked a little weird. Um, but as far as like – uh, there's also one that I really like that I I thought came out well is uh, Captain America where he's like opening his shirt. That was actually Ron Garney um, did did that piece, and then I just like looked at it and, and traced it. But to see like the difference, I, I drew a, a picture of Sandman, and it's not quite the same. I I think mine should have been a little thinner, but it was just me doing it. It came out that way. But I also did this one where it's, it's called Go On Without Me. That's more my style where, you know, you can see that. Um, but I just, you know, what wasn't fully, fully crazy about it. And I was like my own worst, worst critic where, yeah, I would draw something and I just, just wasn't happy. And then I stopped. And that's probably the worst thing you could do. You know, you want to just, just, just keep, keep working at it. So that is my suggestion. Um, Stetson, Stetson Olson on Twitter says, how did Anti-Monitor catch the Flash in Crisis on Infinite Earths? What happened? I think there's two separate questions. How did he catch the Flash? I'd have to go back and read that, but um, just because Flash is fast, I mean, you you can kind of trick him or or you can kind of predict where he's going to be. I'd really have to go back and see how that that happened if if they even showed it. But it's possible. We've seen the Flash get taken down or, or trip where someone's predicted that he's going to go here. So I think it was just a matter of that where you could kind of see the path that he was headed in and, you know, catch him off guard before he could turn and swerve out of the way. Or, um, then it says in Christ infinite earths, what happened to Batman of earth two? Uh, Jesus. Oh, so we're talking like what? 85. They're just all, obliterated basically you know uh we we saw whereas like the superman of earth 2 and lois where they were able to survive along with the superboy prime and that like time bubble or whatever um and he says i believe wonder woman 2 was in her heaven and survived right wow, i i'd have to go back and read that um so if, if you recall put in the comments below but yeah, I, I just think that the whole idea of Crisis of Infinite Earths where they're all just merged together. So basically, they're all just wiped out. they just gone, which sucks for them. And imagine that if it's like you're you're like right now, you're looking out the windows like or some big giant anti-monitor. Or someone's like, you know, you're you're not the main, you're not the real whatever. You're just going to cease to exist. And it's just like... That sucks. Uh, Regravet says, why are most superhero costumes primary colors? Was it cheaper before or something 
a psychological about red, blue, and yellow. Um, I, I, I seem to recall asking someone about this before, and I don't know if it was the availability of of colors. Um, obviously, I and and this would this would be a good question for like an artist. The the primary color, you know, when you're doing something, you want to have something that's that's bold that that's going to stand out because you know when when you're trying to design something obviously you want to have something that looks really great and you know you don't want it to be too too busy too crazy you know and and also you want to be something that that you can market that that you know just you can sell so that's the main thing and and I don't know if in terms of colors if there are certain ones that were more abundant it was just easier to come by um but the bigger thing I think is is a lot of villains are purple and green. They have that, you know. You see, like the lizard, Green Goblin, Mysterio, the Prowler. You know, and most of them are like Spider Man villains. But then you had like the Hulk. You know, it was green and purple pants. And I don't know if maybe it's just easier to color you know, these characters the same way. But I, I seem to recall that this came up with with someone, and I don't know if if they had that that answer or something different. Um, Akbefect, Dominic on Twitter says, thoughts on a type of teleportation power where the porter literally switches physical positions with another. Useful or dumb? Um, uh, I wouldn't say it's dumb because it, 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 what, what this does is it adds a different twist to the whole notion of teleportation. My problem with teleportation, and I've, you know, mentioned this probably on the other podcast or somewhere is you know it it's hard you you can't teleport blind because even if i say okay i'm going to teleport because like right now i'm at the office i'm on on the 6th floor you know my my desk is on the 3rd floor i could say you know i don't want to take the stairs i don't want to take the elevator i'm going to i want to teleport right behind my chair by my desk that could all be easy and everything cuz you know I, I go there you know so many times, you know, several times a week. I know the layout. I know where my chair is, you know. But then that's the problem. What if someone sat at my desk to talk to Vinny or someone? They pull the chair out. They forget to push it in. Or what if, you know, I get a, a package. There's a box. So I teleport there. You don't want to teleport in the middle of a chair and have that that just make a mess. So the idea that you're switching positions with someone that would kind of prevent that, that, you know, you, somehow the way it's, it works out, you're, you're taking their physical space. So if they're seated in a chair, you would end up seated in a chair. And, you know, hopefully they're not wrapped up in a blanket and, you know, or the blanket would go with them. So, you know, would have to worry about, like, are you going to teleport in part of the blanket? Um, but then the, the problem is, like, let's say I want to teleport home. That's where it's a problem. It's like I, I obviously I can't say, all right, I'm going to make my my daughter you know hang out at the office while I go home because you know, or I'm going to teleport, make my dog come here because you, you know you would you would have you someone needs to be your ticket, and if you need to get across town because there's a, a super villain about to rob the the donut shop, you know you need to know who's there so that that could be that could be kind of tricky so it'd be interesting 
I don't know how practical it, it could be, but it would be something nice to, to mix things up rather than just straight teleportation. All right, Bloody Zombies 1. What would you consider an indie comic and indie publisher? So this is something like uh, in, the, in last week's Asking You Shall Receive Answers video where we kind of talked about, about indie um, like superhero books versus regular superhero books. And, you know, some people mentioned like Valiant and, and some people said they're not indie because Valiant owns those characters. It really depends on your definition. A lot of people think anyone besides Marvel and DC are indie because, you know, those are the big two. Those are the big corporate ones. So, yeah, you know, if you have your Dark Horse um, or your, your Boom Studios, they're not necessarily indie because in a sense they are a corporate, but then you think like dark horse, you know, they don't necessarily own the characters. You know, a lot of them, not all of them, but you know, a lot of them are licensed and, you know, same thing with boom. Like, you know, they, they put out a Garfield comic, you know, it's, it's licensed. They put out adventure time, but then you have something like, like, you know, Deathmatch or, or irredeemable. So I kind of think of, of everyone else as being more independent when it comes to Vertigo, so um, like like Trillium, Sandman, or Saga, in some ways you kind of consider those those indie. Um, Vertigo is like like the 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 borderline one because you know you, you think about Sandman. Is that really independent? I mean, Vertigo is owned by DC or Warner Brothers, um, but then it's not a DC book, and and Saga is Image, where and. You know, Image does a lot of like, you know creator own stuff, and they just you know publish it. They don't own the stuff, so you know, yeah, I would say Saga is is indie. Um, Sandman Trillium, kinda, not really, but kinda. It, it's that's just the that's one that's kind of iffy. But most people, I, I th- or not most people, but a lot of people kind of go with it that anyone except for Marvel or DC is independent. All right, some questions. From the forum, um, Gerza's not says, "Do you have a problem writing G-Man without a hyphen, like some people do with Spider-Man and X-Men?" I always, well, I, I don't. I guess I don't write it often. I well, I would prefer it with the hyphen because it just seems like that's what would make sense. Obviously, when I do G-Man from Heck on Twitter or the Tumblr. Or even on Giant Bomb, um, there's no hyphen. Uh, when, you know, because Comic Vine was created first, so we were able to have the hyphens. When it came time for Giant Bomb, hyphens were not usable, was was not an option when you, you created a username. So it's just G-M-A-N, so it's Gaman, which is a little weird, you know, because it's, it's not what I intended. The underscore, I, I don't like the underscore as much. Um, that's just a personal thing. But, yeah, so I, I would try to do the hyphen if I can because it just seems like it would make sense. Uh, okay, another th- question. An etiquette question concerning my local comic shop. In my city, there are three comic shops, two of which are of concern. When I got into comics, I went to the closest to my girlfriend's apartment, which was Walking Distance Store 1. This shop does not have the biggest selection but are so nice and I have great conversations when I go in. They treat me like a friend, so I decided to sc- subscribe there. The other store has a better selection of everything and are helpful and friendly, but not really interested in striking up conversations. Store two. 
problem one, we just got a house which is closer to store two and is the opposite end of town from store one. Problem two, difference in items. Let me explain. In the past, I bought short boxes from store two, but the other day I bought one at store one and it was really different. It is way smaller than the previous ones I purchased won't fit where I have the other ones. Yes, I am positive they are all, in fact, short boxes. I ran into similar problems with sealable bags. Store 2 also orders more copies of issues that I heard about once they came out, via comic buying things like Amazing Spider-Man 700. Store 1 also ordered the wrong number of graphic novels and series. I pre-ordered twice. They did it, did rectify the situation, but it ended up taking an extra two weeks. I'm torn because I really enjoy going to Store 1, but it would be convenient to go to Store 2, and I wouldn't have to worry about missing out on a hot issue because of they order plenty copies, but would miss out on shooting the breeze with the guys store one. Any thoughts? I would say go to both. I currently go to two comic stores. Um, the one comic store is closer to my, my house. And when I first moved out to California, you know, I came across this, this comic shop. I found out later that there was one closer. There was actually, I was, would be driving past the exit by this comic store, but I kept going to the other one just because of the, the loyalty and, and the conversations and, and just the, the welcoming feeling. Um, and, you know, to this day, I still go there. Now that, you know, I work in the city, I, I go to a shop in the city that that's closer here. Um, but I, you know, I still make a point to go to the other one. Now, what you can do is, you know, if you can have two subscription lists and maybe the one that's this closer to your house, if that's more convenient for you, get most of your comics from there. Um, and then, you know, the other comic store, if, if there's a certain comic where it's like, you don't need to read it the day it comes out, you know, maybe you go to this other comic store twice a month instead of four times a month, you know, so you can do that. And, or, you know, if, if there's a graphic novel that you want to get, you know, and, and, you know, you don't need that right away, order it from them, you know, so that way you're, you're still giving them your business. And then if there's something that you haven't, um, like subscribed to or have on your pull list, you hopefully you can find it at either the, the closer one, or then you have the other comic store. Um, I love going to different comic shops. Like, uh, when I was at PAX and my, my hotel was like a mile and a half from the convention center and instead of taking a cab, you know, I, I just wanted to walk, you know, walk through the streets of Seattle. It was actually it was gorgeous weather. Um, and, you know, I found out that there was a, a comic store in route. I had to go over a couple blocks, but it was still, you know, in between. And I just I just love going to a new comic store and seeing what they have there. And, you know, sometimes you can start conversations. Other times you get that vibe where, you know, you don't really get that. But, you know, sometimes you can see, like, oh, here's this cool trade that, you know, I haven't seen in a while or I've never seen this. You know, it's out of print or whatever. And, you know, whenever um, I go back to visit my parents, you know, I, I go to the, the closest comic shop, which is where I met Matt in Ferrer Eagle. So it, it's it's great having two comic shops as long as it's convenient for you. You know, there may come a point where, you know, store one that doesn't have as much stuff, you know, maybe, you know, you go there less and less and hopefully that wouldn't affect the relationship, the, the friendly conversations that you have. Um, and you know, they need to understand too, the, all of a sudden you're saying, Hey, you know, I need to cut my pull list a little bit, you know, instead of, you know, 30 comics, I'm only going to get, you know, 15 or 10, you know, 
people move and you know they do what they can, but at least you're still going there to you know give them your business. So that would be my suggestion. Um, I'd be curious if that that's a possibility or if that works for you. All right, Wonder Goreborn says there have been a couple of podcasts that mentioned Matt Fraction's request that fans don't talk story ideas because if he was thinking about a similar story or likes a story idea, then he could never do it for fear of litigation. I'm wondering. So I don't know if, if if we talked about this on the other podcast or just just uh, someone else bringing it up. I'm wondering if there isn't another option. If a writer absolutely loved the fan idea or had a similar idea, that and uh, that the fan idea improved, couldn't the writer give the fan a co-plot credit and arrange with them to share a mini slice of their fee? They would then be able to use that idea and would be upfront and legal. I don't know how that would work. Um, I don't think they can just like subcontract them because uh, they may not have that, that option. So it's not like you, you know, Matt can go out to Marvel and say, Hey, I'm going to give Jimmy Johnson. Um, you know, he, he gave me this great idea. And, but then the other thing is like, how much is that idea worth? And, you know, they could have that idea. Matt Frackish could say this little idea, I could t- twist this a little, tweak it right here, make this into the next big, huge event. And, but the you know Jimmy Johnson whatever he just said you know this character meets up with this character and they they fist bump each other and so it would be hard to put a percentage like well how much is that idea worth and then if the other things that you know if 10 15 other things build upon that are they entitled to a piece of all of that or just one thing and it's not like marvel can say okay we're just going to cut them a check because at least the way it is at, at CBS, you know, there's a whole process when, you know, you bring in a freelancer or something like that where, you know, I can't just, you know, write someone a check or, you know, there's just whole crazy process because that's just, you know, you, you have to do all that. So it, it's it's not that easy just to say. And, you know, if, if it's just a matter of giving them a shout out or saying, you know, I don't even know what, how, how that would work because then what happens if – they decide to make an animated movie or a live action movie or something based on that. And then the person would feel like, Hey, I should get something. They may have a friendly agreement in the beginning. Like, sure, you can do that. That would be awesome. It'd be cool. Know that I, you know, played a part in this, but then when they start seeing the money roll in, like, let's say they had the idea for the, the plot of Avengers makes, you know, billion dollars. And they might say, I would like a piece of that billion dollars. So that's just the whole reason. Um, Wonder Goreborn says, I'm not asked about whether this would happen, but I have a sense of the probability that one and have a hard time expressing values. So instrument was infinite, smelly, small. I'm asking if it could be possible. Um, again, I don't think it could be possible. I think it'd just be too much of a mess. Speaking of mess, Mr. Messy face says, Hey Tony, it's publicly said that Spider-Man was the first crossover between the 616 and Ultimate Universe, and Hunger is a second. Um, yeah, so we've talked about that. Um, was there a story in Ultimate Fantasy Four where they crossed over before? Could have sworn that I read an issue where, where both reads were talking and they were comparing Avengers with the Ultimates. I believe it was Ultimate Fantasy Four Twenty One. So I seem to recall around that time. I do remember um, they had the Marvel Zombies crossover, which was was weird, and. So I'm I'm trying to think back now because Ultimate Fantasy Four was so long ago. Is if that was a read from the, 
zombie world or some other world if it was re- where we thought it was and they, it wasn't. But there's, a, I mean, there there are certain things that happen in ultimate books that um have kind of been disappeared, like like um because it actually bef- when there was just Ultimate Spider Man, there was the Ultimate Team Up, and I think there was a, a team up with. Sp- Spider-Man and Iron Man, and then that kind of didn't happen. And I think Bendis might have even wrote written that. So that's what I'm thinking. I'd have to go back and read Ultimate Fantastic Four to see, because I don't recall if it was actually 616 read or not. Ordinary Origin says, with the vast histories that exist in the comic world, the hardest part is for new readers could very well be the fact that it's hard to jump in. Although Tony often makes a good point to just start reading and fill in the blanks as you go, it seems as though even longtime comic readers have a hard time jumping into other series if they feel they're too far behind. Part of the reason I feel why Red She-Hulk was canceled. Perhaps point ones and even relaunches have been done with success. However, after a while, they end up the same issues they began. Even trades can be expensive, an expensive alternative if the series is far enough ahead. Or in DC's case, I feel the trades negate to catch the reader up to certain issues. My question for you, how do you feel books with established histories could tackle new points of entry on their books? Do you believe um, they should solely be, it should solely be on the reader, or do you feel a publisher should do a better job at teaching out the hesitant starters? Um, some books do a good job with the the little short recaps, uh, like you know, Superior Spider-Man, Daredevil has that. Uh, Battle for the Atom books have that. Uh, it was great when Marvel used to have the gatefold covers, so you, you know you would unfold it and they would basically tell you like what happened in the last few issues, and you know, even give you the character names. I think that's another big thing. Like you know, Justice League of America, they were doing that where you just give the roster, you know, so you know who these characters are. So if someone just jumps in, you know, they they can get an idea of who they are. Um, the problem is if you do like a, a recap page, that's taking a page away from the comic. So you're taking a page away from the comic or a page away that could be sold as an ad. So if you have the majority of your people are reading it month after month and they're saying, I don't need to read this, you know, I, I know what's going on, unless you know there's there's some other incentive. But that's I mean that's that's a hard part where it'd be nice to get some little brief recap, but I guess that's what you know you could try to go to Comic Vine and read the character bios if if they are um, caught up after updated, or you know just put a thread out in the forum and say hey um, I'm going to start reading uh, the the new Nova series. Uh, Sam Alexander, who's that? You know, what, what's been going on? What have I missed? And, you know, I'm sure people can give you, you know, everything you need to know and more. But, yeah, it is hard. Um, there are some books where, like, you know, Blade Immortal, you know, Dustin was talking about. Obviously, I wouldn't just go jump in. I would, you know, try to go back from the beginning. Or even, like, when, when with Invincible, I'm still trying to catch up with Invincible. And... I, I've read some of the current issues. Like the very first time I started reading, it was like around issue fifty. I think it might have been fifty with the the Guardians of the Globe, and I'm just like, all right, I'm starting to hear good things about this book, and I, I read it, and I'm like, I don't know who any of these characters are, and then I, I might have picked up the next issue, but I don't even think I read the next issue, 
And then it wasn't until a little bit later I, I started buying the, the hardcovers. So it is hard to take my own advice and just jump in, but that's something that you can kind of do, as, you know, unless you're you're buying like you know thirty books a week and you know you don't have time to to get into another one and catch up. It, but it's just hard. I mean, it, if there's a character that you really like, if all of a sudden you know you haven't been reading comics for 10 years and you're like, I really like Superman. You just got to, you know, jump in and, and start reading and then try to figure out what's going on. Because when I first started reading comics, you know, I, I just started reading and I had no idea. I, it was easier back then. Cause I started getting back issues, but even now, you know, with, with digital comics you know, you can get comics off comiXology and, you know, sometimes they have those sales where you can get you know, issues for 99 cents and the trades. So you just kind of have to, just just do it just just jump in and um because recap pages as great as as they would be i think that they would only benefit a small portion of the readers and so that that takes away from all the other because i mean just think about it if, if you're reading a book month after month and you've been reading that for years and then every time you got to flip back past that first page it's telling you everything you already know you you know that's going to add up over a while and that that's you know one more page of story or you know and again like i said an ad page that can go towards keeping the book existing longer um sokaden says i remember in a previous podcast or video question it was brought up about detective comics not focusing on batman and having someone else have a chance to shine do you um Actually, I wrote an article about this. This is like when the New 52 started, I, you know, because we had four different Batman titles. And I was like, you know, we don't need these four different Batman titles. And, you know, I'll still say to this day, I would love to see like a Batman family book. Um, and, you know, so you can have just different adventures focused on. Because, like, you know, we have Tim Drake and Teen Titans. But it's like, what if, you know, you want a, teen, a, a Tim Drake solo story? And, and, you know, he doesn't really get that that chance or you know, in in Teen Titans, or if, if you want a a team up, Tim Drake and, and Batman, you know, or Jason Todd, or or Batgirl, you know, another Bat, like she has her own series, but you know, you get the idea, because um, then you can bring in Stephanie Brown and Cassandra Kane. So I, I would love that. Uh, so the question is, do you think it would work if Action Comics didn't focus on Superman, focus on someone else like Steel, for example, or is Action Comics just Superman's book? The weird thing is when when I think of action comics, I think of that as, as Superman's book, even though I should think the same thing with detective comics. Maybe because detective comics had Batwoman in there for a while, so that's fresh in my mind where, hey, it's okay if Batman's not in this book because he's in all these other books. Um, but with action comics, I mean, we did have Lex Luthor take over action comics for a while. It just it would seem kind of weird that that should be – superman's book uh but it would be interesting to see these other characters the problem is with these types of books it's going to be harder for the retailers to order them so let's say we did whether it was action comics or something else you know maybe there's a arc on steel maybe there's an arc on lex maybe there's an arc on um jimmy maybe there's an arc you know you, you could do that but it would be hard to say would a, an arc with steel sell the same number of issues or copies, whatever, as a, an arc focusing on Lois Lane. So it would just be harder to, to, to predict that. And, 
you know, they need to know, they need to have an idea what the sales are going to be to know, are we going to get this creative team to do this story or this one, you know, where do we want to put our, you know, our, our budget or so it would, it would be, be, be good, but I, I don't see it happening. Matt wing 87. What do you think of the ultimate universe being canceled or actually destroyed? I'm deeply, deeply saddened. That was my gateway into comics. Uh, so this is something I don't know whether it's been actually said or not because you know I like to try to avoid things when I can, even though it's part of my job to know what, what's happening. So you know we have cataclysm coming up. You know, we, we, hunger is happening. It's going to lead into cataclysm. It sounds like things aren't going to look good for the Ultimate Universe. My gut wants to say they can't cancel the Ultimate Universe, you know, because like Ultimate Spider-Man is, you know, still. I'm assuming it's doing well. Actually, I don't know what the, the sales are. So, I I don't know. I, I think it'd be crazy to destroy the Ultimate Universe. And you know, if it's if it's not selling, cut down the books, or you know, you don't you don't have to destroy it. Um, and and hopefully it doesn't get to the point where it have to be canceled. I mean, if if it's at that point. You need to really try to do something about it. You know, you need to see. All right, we need to get some someone in to write this series to do something, fix it, or make it more interesting, or do something. You know, not saying that the books that are out are out are not interesting, but you need to do something. And hopefully, it's not some big flashy gimmick that's going to you know get the attention and then those people leave right away. But yeah, I I don't want it to to leave either. Curse base T, you know how He Man versus DC is right now, and how there was New Avengers Transformer crossover. I was just wondering if a manga group like perhaps Shonen Jump versus a comic title could be any good. I at least think it would be cool to see Naruto versus Spider Man fight. It would even have to be, it wouldn't even have to be in the comic book or manga format. Naruto makes good fighting games compared to his fellow manga titles. The, the problem is making it work. Um, there, there are some characters that, that are just so un, uneven. So, you know, like people always say like Dragon Ball Z, you, you can't do that. So you have to really choose carefully and and make sure it would just make sense. Um, the the thing that I don't get is how there's there's like there's some comic readers that, that seem to hate manga, which you know I I like them both. Obviously, I read a lot more comics than, than manga, but I don't wouldn't wouldn't hate it. And you know I would be open to the idea of, of a, a crossover, but it would just have to be done very carefully. I don't see why not. You know, if you can have he-man versus dc if you can do that mini series just a, okay this is going to have any big lasting effects this is its own thing why not have something just to, to do that i would would kind of like it to be more in, in manga form you know if, if this was going to happen because i'd i'd be curious to see how that w- would be interpreted so um it just this the state of crossovers now i mean the only reason not the only reason, but a big reason for He-Man and DC is because they're both Warner Brothers. You know, DC, or they're not both Warner Brothers. I mean, DC has the Mattel license or however, whatever this deal is. So they're able, 
to do this. So if, if we're talking about an outside group, that's where you get the egos and, you know, you got to make sure that, you know, their character, each character from each publisher has the same number of pages or screen time or punches and, and all that. All right. Uh, just have a time for a few more. Muy Jingo. Um, actually, this one is for Brian. So I'm going to skip that. Flazam. There could be other questions, um, but I'm going to save that one. If Brian's ever on again, when we have him, because this was just a cra- I don't want to ask him for this month since he's just, this is just a crazy month for him. Flazam says, uh, hello, I got three today. If you get the chance to reply to any, oh, three questions. Okay, first question. After the announcement of Batman being portrayed by Ben Affleck, what are your thoughts? Um, do you believe he will be able to pull off the role of Cape Crusader? Do you think he was a bad choice because of Daredevil or another reason? Do you think he'll be able to pull off a team up with Henry Cavill, Superman, and eventually Justice League? So uh, we, we super briefly talked about this on the other podcast the week it was announced. Um, I'm okay with it. You know, he's he's done some some strange roles or some maybe questionable roles, but he's he's not a bad actor. I mean, he's shown that he, you know he can act. You know, he has won awards. Um, can he be Batman? But it's the same thing. Like whenever you first hear, you know, same thing when Michael Keaton was cast. A lot of people were like, "Really?" And you know, even Val Kilmer. You know, some people question. So basically, the way I, I look at it is, is Batman is a, is a huge franchise for Warner Brothers. They have a lot lack writing on this. If Ben Affleck is going to be the next Batman for the next few movies, or you know whoever they would choose, they would want someone that has longevity, someone that will be able to keep that franchise profitable. So they must have looked at something, and it in a situation like this, you don't necessarily want to go for it. Let's get a big name to do this because if you get a big name and they don't do it right, it's not going to work. And you're going to end up having to pay them their high salary. So you want to make sure you get the person that's best qualified. And if they are a big name, that's going to be great as well. That's your investment. So I have to assume they've thought this out. You know, they know there's a lot writing on this. And I don't think they're just going to take some, you know, flash of the pan or whatever and just say, let's just throw this person in and see how it goes and hope it works best. Because like we said about Daredevil. Ben Affleck wasn't really the problem in the Daredevil movie. There is other problems with that movie. So I I just want to be positive on this and, and hope for the best. I, I, I think he could do it. I believe in him. Two, what steps do you think DC should take to ensure a strong cinematic universe? Do you think they should feature a team-up in a possible Flash movie, maybe Green Lantern Flash, to let the non-comic readers be more informed of these characters to make the Justice League movie better? That's what, um, you know, I think we can all agree that that's partly what helped the Avengers. You know, we had the Iron Man movies. We had a Thor movie. We had a Captain America movie. So you get a good idea who these characters are. You know, we even got a, a glimpse of Hawkeye, you know. So, and the and, you know, same thing with Black Widow. By introducing them in these other separate movies, you get the origins out of the way. You know who they are. Then when you bring them all together, you can jump right into the action. I don't know if... DC should follow the same thing. 
Uh, you know, so we have Superman established. We're going to get Batman, you know, to show up. But somehow you need to flesh out this entire world and show that there are other characters. Not all of a sudden, boom, oh, here's a, a, another hero. Oh, wait, here's another one here. It just popped up. So you just have to do it carefully because doing something like the Flash and Green Lantern, even though there was just recently a great Green Lantern movie, there may be some people who are like, who's Green Lantern? You know, what what can he do? And it would almost have made in in some ways it would have made more sense to have superman and someone else like superman and flash or superman green lantern or aquaman someone else so if people say okay we just had that superman movie we know who superman is wait who is this other character wow that's a cool character i'd like to see more versus you know people know who batman is so by putting these two named you know well-known characters obviously that's going to have a big draw but you could also you're you're missing out the opportunity of introducing them who is not such a household name and giving them a chance to get boosted into the spotlight. Um, do you think reboots or remakes of superhero movies should feature an origin story? The unfortunate thing is, I mean, I I don't want the origins in there. I, I don't think like every you know six years or whatever we need to get a, a new origin because we just had it. At the same time, you know, this is coming from someone who's been reading comics for years and years where I can say I already know what what the origin is. I think that, it, you know, if, if you're going to have an origin, if you're going to reboot it and have the origin again, you got to do it quick and concise. You don't want to dwell on it because once that origin is done, you have so much room to do other things and you don't you don't want that to hold you back, you know, to, to cut down your your story your the time that you have to tell the story so but it, it's just like you know when we have a, a batman reboot you know when ben affleck comes do we really need to know his whole origin in? you know it could somehow be mentioned we don't need to see it all because we know his story his parents were killed he became a symbol of a bat in order to strike fear so you look at the 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 james bond movies What's his origin? Do we need to no, you got another actor, boom, throw him in there, let the, the, the action, you know, start flying. So we don't need to see that all the time. When Amazing Spider Man happened, I didn't need to see the whole thing, you know, Uncle Ben you know, getting shot and all this. It, it it worked in the movie. We just didn't need it because it felt like we just had the origin. I liked what they did in Spider Man two, where you you got the origin, the recap of Spider Man one in like the opening credits and it had, you know, cool Alex Ross art and all that. So it, it seems like we shouldn't have to have the origin all the time, but there are going to be people where maybe they haven't seen the other movies and they don't know anything about it. So they might be like, what's going on. That's the unfortunate thing. All right. Um, I think maybe we'll do one more question. This is from SlapZ88. Hey, G-Man. First time posting question. Love this format. I was thinking lately about how Marvel does a better job making their world seem more connected than DC. Do you think this has a lot to do with the super secret Marvel retreat? What are your thoughts on this? Could DC Comics and the universe benefit if they had super secret DC retreats? Thanks, and Comic Vine is my number one spot to get my fix for comics addiction. Thank you. Um, DC does kind of do retreats. Uh, I recall 
at Emerald City that you know some creators were were talking about you know where they had to meet or you know do something. It it may not be in the same vein. I mean, I'm not totally sure what happens at the Marvel retreats, but you hear about them. You know where where all these people are going, whether it's all the X Men writers or you know whatever. It's it is good with the way everyone works all over the place now. You know, it's not like everyone goes to New York and works in a Marvel office or DC office. So it is good for everyone to get together, bounce ideas, and just just to hang out, get to know each other, to build up that working relationship. And you know, just to, to, to bounce ideas off each other. Uh, but the idea with with DC, you know, the New Fifty Two was supposed to be a chance to restart everything to get this you know new universe. The problem, and I don't know if it's necessary because of a retreat or whatever. It just felt like the decision was made to keep each corner separate, so the creators could work on developing those characters in this new. 52 universe so the, the the plus side is you know we got to see more focus on on them developing who they are we got to learn all that the downside is it did feel very segregated like yeah i i mentioned like in i vampire there was a town like i think it was like three or four hundred people got turned into vampires they, you know they would just disappear i would think the justice league would be like holy crap 400 people just disappeared we should look into this but there was no mention of it. You didn't. You didn't get that. Same thing with like Swamp Thing, where you know this entire town got turned into these like inside out, deformed, scary monsters. But there was no mention of that in the other books. At some point, then it, it felt like they kind of shifted gears. They're like, okay, let's start intermingling a little bit, and it felt weird there, even though that that's what we should have had. So it's it's really hard. Marvel. Because maybe because they haven't done reboots so much and, and there's more crossovers. It's 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 just a very fine line because if you try opening the door to more crossovers to get that more cohesive feel, that means you're putting that character in the hands of a lot more different writers and then that, that character can either feel like even even Deadpool now, you know, he's he's in Deadpool and he's in Thunderbolts they kind of feel like two different characters, you know, maybe he's not the best example because he's, he's Deadpool, but even like, like, you know, Wolverine, you know, he's a lot calmer when he's at the school, which he has to be. So it, it's, it's just hard. And the other thing is, you know, you don't want to feel like, like you're forced to read another book just because a character that you're reading is there. But at the same time, you want to have that cohesion. You want it. You want it to feel like it's an actual world where all these characters exist. All right, that is it. I'm my. I'm kind of losing my voice. Thank you for listening. Um, if thank you to Dustin for taking time off to to talk and, and share his insight on his drawing process. I mean, I always find that fascinating. So make sure you check out Little Gotham's and Superman Unchained. Anything else that he does? You know, look into some of his, uh, his old stuff too. Um, he did like that Heart of Hush story in Detective Comics. He, he drew that. If you have questions, you can go to the general forums. That Look for the Ask G-Man video questions thread. You can go to Twitter. So my, my Twitter name is G-Man from Heck. Use the hashtag Ask G-Man. You can go to Tumblr, gmanfromheck.tumblr.com. If you listen to this on iTunes, 
give it a rating. You know, again, uh, let, that way maybe someone will see this and say, like, hey, people seem to like this. And as long as people listen, I will keep doing this. Um, I do apologize for last week for the no episode, but um, doing a three-minute expert and just running everything else and you know meetings and planning stuff for next year and, and so forth. Uh, it's it's a lot to do, but I do want to still do this, especially if you guys are are, are into it. So go to iTunes, help spread the word, let, let people know what you think. Let me know what you think because it's it's a good feeling. Uh, next week we should have another show, and hopefully we had a lot of cool Rose City Comic Con coverage, so you can check that out. Uh, looking ahead, October is New York Comic Con, as mentioned, and Long Beach is in November. Uh, we will be doing more stuff, so check everything out. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk next time. Goodbye. So, so my, question my question is, is could it be? We don't know. And I would like to ask you which comic book best affects you most emotionally. Yeah. Yeah. That's the question. I'll shake your head. I love Alan Davis. This is a John Byrne issue. I love Alan Davis. I, I, I wasn't a fan of this. That's the question. You can't blame the immediate creative team. I give this a two. <laughs>